This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Everybody say more. more. I mean like more. Well, I'm uh, excited about this new series. We're going to continue with Father's Design for Marriage. And, you know, when we look at marriage... It's a place that is under attack, families are under attack, and we need to do things Father's way. He knows best. He created this thing. He created you and I. It was his idea, uh, this marriage covenant, and it is a covenant. When you take vows before each other, you're also taking them before God because the Word says he witnesses it. He is there, so you're actually in covenant with God concerning this relationship. So marriage is important. You know, one of the greatest, most powerful witnessing tools of our day is a good, strong marriage. A a believer that is stable and has a healthy marriage, it, it speaks volumes to a world that is in distress, that's in crises, that's looking for answers. You know, we we think the day is so evil and there's so much uh, coming against us. You look at the news and it's just full of bad news. But here's the other side of that. People start looking for answers like never before. When things go wrong, they start looking and we have the answer. We have the one that they can go to. So it starts getting easier to minister to people. It gets easier to witness to people because they say, well, I've tried everything else. I might as well see about God. It it seems to help you, so I always thought you were a little out there or just in denial half the time, Bob, but it seems to help you somehow, so let me hear about this this God of yours. And we can minister love and, and grace, but marriage is not a journey for the faint-hearted, for those that are not willing to change and grow. Say change and grow. If you're going to get married, you've got to be willing and ready to change and grow. And that's one of the things, especially us guys, our mission is one. We've won her and we think, well, I'm, I'm on to my next mission. But she's to be your continued mission. All the ladies should have shouted me down there. <laughs> What you did to win her, to pursue her, you've got to keep doing that. You've got to still tell her that you love her. She has a short-term memory there. (laughs) Faith comes by hearing. And her security and her peace, she has to hear, she's wired to hear that she's loved from her husband. And that she's beautiful. That she still is the focus and attention of his life. You have to keep doing that. Well, you know, a lot of things can get us in trouble. I want you to take a look at this little video clip. I enjoyed it. Hope you do.
<laughs> that guy will never forget that game. <laughs> How many have been at the ball games and seen the kiss cam and everything? It's, it's a lot of fun, but you know, it, it, it's funny, but it speaks volumes too. Sometimes we're so occupied with what we're doing, we don't have time for each other. And God wants us to give attention to our spouse. We're to, to be there for them. And it's actually to be that, that type of friendship that that's your best friend. That's the one that you can open up and, and, and talk to about anything in a, in a safe environment, a safe place. So we're going to look, continue to look at, at marriage God's way or Father's design for marriage. If you want fulfillment in marriage... You have to do it God's way. And you have to be willing to work on it, to invest uh, in, into your marriage. Because if you don't, you will not make it. And even as I said last week, it really doesn't matter what I think or what you think about marriage. What does God think? When I look at the Word of God, we have to lay down our opinions. We have to lay down what we think our reasoning, and say, God, if you said it, I believe it, that's my final answer. You're going to have to help me fulfill this word because I can't on my own. But then grace will come and his power to give you the ability to fulfill what he's called you to do. Marriage is something that is to be a blessing to our life. But many are experiencing heartache and, and pain and hurt. And we need to go to God's Word to get the answers that we need, that we can be everything that we need to be for our spouse. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And, and actually, in the original, it says he breathed the breath of lives. It was plural. And last week we looked at in Adam was Eve. Adam and Eve were in Adam. It says he created them and called him Adam. Breath of life. And he became a living soul or living being. He, that, that spirit and soul was breathed into Adam, and he took on life. He was made from the dust of the ground, but God's breath brought life to dirt and life to that ground. It says in 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. God said it. He said that man needs help. And if he said it, I believe it. So, husband, when you say, I don't need her, you're wrong. It says you need her help. You need help. Say help. Think about that old Beatles song, Help, I Need Somebody. You need your wife. You do. And she's a comparable, or it, it talks about she's a perfect fit for what you need. And then it says in the next verse, 
Uh, verse 20, so Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And I'm, I'm sure Adam, I can just picture this. He's looking at all the animals and, and God has said, we got to find you a, a helper. And he's probably thinking, oh, I'm glad he said none was found in this group. God didn't say, there's the elephant. Boy, there's your helper. So all these combined, there's not found a helper. So what does God do? He's going to take care of this problem. And it says in verse, let me give you a definition of helper. We talked about last time, but it's one called alongside of you. And this uh, is called alongside of you to be assistance to be an asset, to be a treasure to you like no one else. It's the same word that's used for the Holy Spirit being our helper. How many would say, I need the Holy Spirit? It's the same picture that God is giving to the husband that we need our wives. We need the helper. Verse 21, the Lord God calls the deep sleep the fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. So we see here the first major surgery. God is a surgeon. And he put Adam to sleep. It says a deep sleep. And he does his surgery. Now, God's surgery is stronger than just a physical, natural thing. He did more than take the rib out of Adam. He took the soul and the spirit of Eve out of Adam. And he just took the rib. So it's a physical and a spiritual surgery. And he took that rib, and it actually, when you you read it in the Hebrews, the indication it gives that God took it in his hand and he fashioned and built woman. And that word made, when he made woman, it means to build something. When he made man, it says that he made man in the image of God. He used the dust or the dirt of ground. It says he molded him like a lump of clay. He just molded the man. And that's the way all the animals were created out of the dirt. But then God said, I'm going to make Adam someone very special, a helper that will be a treasure to him and will fit him perfectly for the assignment and the purpose and plan that I have for his life. I will join them together. And he said, I'm going to make her special. So he took from Adam and God made Eve And it's not the same word. It means to build something. And in the Hebrew, it it indicates that he took his time. I don't know how long Adam was out. We don't know. But it it indicates that God took his time and said, this is going, Adam's going to know this is the one. When he sees this one, he's going to know because God made this woman. And she wasn't made from the dust. She was made out of man. And she was 
built by God. And you think about the animal kingdom. Usually in the animal kingdom, the male is the most beautiful. The, the female is not. When you first are around the animals, say, say, well, that must be the, the female over there. And, you know, no, the male's over here looking gorgeous. That's the female. Oh, what in the world? And you just, it kind of gets to you. When we were in Africa on our missionary trip, you see the, the line, the, the beautiful line was the, the male. And usually the, the female is the one that goes out and hunts and gets the food and does the work, and the male's just hanging around primping. But God said, not in, in mankind, he said, no, that's not the way it's going to be. She will be the most beautiful, and you will provide and protect her. You will take care of her, because she's a treasure unto you that I've sent to you to help you, to help you both fulfill the purpose and plan. Because really, marriage is about this, fulfilling what God's called you to do. Fulfilling the plan and purpose of God. All your friendships and relationships should be about that. The only friendships you have that aren't based on that are those you're trying to reach for God. But the, those good, deep friendships that you have should be based on fulfilling the plan and purpose of God. If not, you've got the wrong friends. You need to change. God removed out of man everything that makes a woman a woman. That's the reason, guys, we get frustrated. Uh, we get frustrated at the complexity uh, of, of the woman. And it, it's just we will never fully understand her because all the qualities that she has that we don't understand, we don't have. We lack them because God took the female out of Adam. And it's the same for us. She understands us much better. We're not that complex. But she just can't understand our thinking. You mean you walked over this and didn't pick it up? What's wrong with you? Where are your eyes? I didn't see it. You were on a mission. You were trying to get out the door. You were running late. And you didn't know that you knocked the food over and stepped in it. Or <laughs> you said no. The kitchen's full of, of dirty dishes, full of garbage. And it's supposed to be your job to take out the garbage, but you don't notice. And she goes, didn't you see this? And she'll get to the point she won't tell you. She's just watching you. Well, you didn't get the garbage boiling on the inside. Go ahead and tell him. He has to be told things and pointed out things. That's just the way we're built. We're, we're looking for a mission. If there's a problem, just show us the problem. We want to take care of it. But that can get you in trouble because a lot of times she doesn't want your solution. She just wants your time. And for you to listen as she explains to you what's going on. 
And you've got to jump back because your part of you is going to be going, well, here's all you got to do. One, two, three. She'll go, I didn't ask for your opinion. And you're going, well, we're talking for her. She's going, I'm sharing my heart. And you've got to learn just to listen, to stay back. Ellen just has a look because I'll, I'll cross over at times. She'll just look. Oh, sorry. I'm all ears. I'm listening. And then she'll solve the issue while we're talking. Or after she gets off her chest, it's nothing anyway. So what are you going to do about that? Oh, nothing. I just feel much better. Thanks. Yes. And we have to learn each other. And learn the way that we're wired. Because everyone is different. And I, I'm talking it really in... Uh, in a general sense, because everyone is different. But we have to learn, learn these things about each other. That's the reason you grow and you change. Because marriage is to be a place of growth and change. I talked about, and, and some of you kind of looked at me, I said that we men need women. I said, we might need them more. And I, I just kind of threw that out there. And, and I saw the elbows and the faces. But uh, what I'm talking about, men can get so mission-minded that a woman comes along and she says, you need to smell the roses. You need to, she will teach you what's really important those relationships, people. What's really important where we can get so into the job and into what we're doing that we can leave those things behind. So she makes life complete. She is to bring completion to the husband's wife. She's a life, she's a, a blessing and causes life to uh, be enlarged and be such a blessing. But God designed it this way. He took the woman out of the man so the gaps in his emotional side could only be filled by her. Think about this, God takes Eve out of Adam and then presents Eve back to Adam and says, here's your helper to complete you. Because she came out of him. One rib. Notice it says one rib. Adam didn't wake up and God took three ribs and there's three women standing before him. One rib represents or means one woman. Everybody say one. one. It wasn't Eve and her two sisters. It was Eve. And some guys, oh, I wish it had been sister. No, you don't. For the commitment and what God's called you to, one's enough. Come on, guys, say yes, say amen. One. <laughs> One is enough. The Bible does not say, husband, love your wives. It says, love your wife. Marriage is the type of Jesus in the church. How many bodies does Jesus have? One. How many brides 
does Jesus have? One, the church, one bride for Jesus. You could take it, stepfather. How many bodies do you have? One. God wants us to have one, the special helper that He created for us. You're to have one. That's all you need to complete you. Rib also means a beam or hidden support. Uh, a rib is, is not seen. When you look at Solomon and the, the things that he built, the house of God, it talks about rib, but it's translated beam. It's the same word, beam. It's the support that keeps the structure standing. Without the beams, the thing would fall. What is God saying? He's saying that your wife is the unseen beams or the unseen support in your life. And without her, your life is going to crumble. Heard many men say, I don't need her. You know, it's over. And then their life crumbles. Because she's a beam. She's a hidden support in your life that you need. Yeah, you're tough and rough on the outside, but she knows the little boy inside. She knows the ha how to give that encouragement and that strength just the right time. Ellen will listen, and it doesn't matter who we're listening to. T.D. Jakes, she'll turn to me and go, you're my favorite preacher. Oh, I, I mean, I don't believe her, but I do now. She said enough. I, <laughs> Because I'm listening to T.D. Jakes, I said, man, this guy is, man, he's just got me going, you know. It didn't take much. Found that every, every menace preachers this way, it just don't take much. I mean, I can listen to about two sentences of any sermon. I'm ready, I'm, my mind's gone, I'm, I'm in the Word, I'm just <laughs> soaring, it just, you're into it. But see, that word of encouragement, that at the right time, that's what a wife gives. She's that hidden support. The rib represents the emotional support. This in your notes, the emotional support, the hidden inward strength and encouragement without which a man would fall. The rib covers the heart. Your most vulnerable place, your heart. Ribs cover it. Your wife covers your heart. A man might get stabbed at work in his heart. But he comes home to a rib that covers and heals his heart. Man might be going through a rough time, but he comes home, there's a rib that's faithfully in its place. That loving kindness and that strength to the heart. And he's replenished. And he can go out and face the world again. He can go forth. And no one even knowing, but his helper knows. That special person that God gave knows. And she has an anointing. She has a grace upon her life. To be such a stability and such a support that when he leaves, he's beaming because he's got his beams. He's got his support and he's walking with confidence and strength again. I know that what I do is 
dependent on my relationship with God, but I also know it's dependent upon my relationship with Ellen. I know she's praying for me each day. You know what that does? Strengthens me. Strengthens me. You have the same thing, guys. Husbands, you have the same thing. That wife. Well, pastor, she's not praying for me. Well, are you praying for her? You're the leader. Are you praying for her? The ribs positioned under man's arm as a symbol of protection and provision given to his wife. The ribs are protected by the man's arm. He's protecting his wife and providing for his wife. If mama's got a problem, dad's got a problem. Protecting her. That's what the arm's for. But the good news is God didn't take the bone, that rib, or that bone out of man's head for her to rule over him or out of his foot for her to be his slave, but out of his side where they could walk as co-equals before a holy God, that they could walk together in this world, fulfilling God's plan and fulfilling destiny in their lives, walking side by side as co-equals. Marriage is to be a place of refuge, a place of blessing, a place of refueling where you can face those things outside. In the world. Genesis 2.23. And Adam said. This is now bone of my bones. And flesh of my flesh. And she, she shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father. And mother and be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. Let me tell you. Adam immediately recognized her. She is bone of my bone. Flesh of my flesh. Why? Because he already knew her, spirit and soul. He recognized her as a part of him. And see, when you look at the, at the wedding and the vows, it's exactly what we're talking about here. God makes you a part of each other, or two become one. God joins spirits together. And does a supernatural thing. But Adam recognized her and recognized she was different than all those other animals. Said, this is woman. Bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. That's the reason when it says, when a husband loves his wife, he loves himself. Because that's you. That's a part of you. Because God makes you one when you get married. He supernaturally does it in the spirit. So he wakes up and, and think about, he wakes up for the first time feeling something's missing. Something. He felt incomplete for the first time until then he sees her. Then he feels complete. Then he's made whole. Father's a relationship principle here. It's established in the Word. But Adam knew, loved, 
had intimate knowledge of Eve's spirit and soul before he ever became intimate with her body. He knew her by the spirit, her soul, before he became intimate with her body. What's the world say? The opposite. Become intimate with her body, then get to know her. See, it's not Father's design. It's not the way God has called us to function or to be. When you know the person by the spirit and by the souls, when you can really give yourself then in the physical union. But the world, they, they worship the body. The body's everything. It's glorified. It's worshiped. But God says the most important thing is what's inside. Because they can look good. The package can look great on the outside. But what inside is stale and moldy, it's no good. God said, from down, this is the way a relationship is to progress. You know them by the Spirit. And you know their soul. Then you can know them intimately in the physical realm. Physical way. And see, that's the way marriage is to be built. That friendship. It, I'm telling you what, it better be built on something else besides the body. Because when things start sagging and things start wrinkling, you better have it built on something deeper and stronger. You better have it built on the intimate relationship. Of the spirit and the soul. Hmm. Genesis 3 4, then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, you will, your eyes will be open, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. So she gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Perfection was perverted because of man's disobedience and man's sin. And then a curse comes. Adam failed to protect and lead his wife, and a curse comes into the earth. And then God comes to meet with Adam after this had happened. He's walking in the garden and he's looking for Adam. He says, Adam, where are you? He said, I'm over here. I, I heard you coming and I was afraid. Say, I, I, I had no clothes on. I was naked. And God said, well, who told you that? Have you eaten of that tree? Did you eat of that tree? And Adam goes protecting his rib, goes, it's the woman you gave me. And the blame game started. The walls and the separation started. Actually, he blamed the woman, then he blamed God. I mean, no, it's not too wise. <laughs> and then Genesis 3.16 he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pains of her pregnancy. In pain you will give birth. You're, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. The greatest fight 
then becomes who will control. The woman has a built-in desire that she's born with to control things, to be in charge and make the decisions. So, Pastor, not me. I would never do that. Well, just be honest. Think about it. How many times have you, maybe you didn't do it brute force, but maybe you did it with sweetness. Maybe you, you did it with some tears flowing. Maybe you did argue. Maybe there was manipulation and you tried to control and take charge. Well, see, it came about because of this curse, what Eve was pronounced on her life. But see, the leader of the home is not to be the wife. And every time you manipulate and try and take control, you're actually going against God's order. Let me say this. I love women. <laughs> I think they're all awesome. And, and ladies, just it's going to be okay because there's equal time in this message, this series. <laughs> and he said to the to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate the tree whose fruit I command you to not to eat, the ground is cursed because of Eve. What's it say? Does it, the ground is cursed because of the devil. Not because of you, Adam. You knew the truth. You didn't bring guidance to your wife. You didn't shield protect her. You ate. You gave in, you disobeyed, and because of you, the ground is cursed. Because of Adam, the curse came in the earth. And it says you heeded. Heeded means to take heart and obey. Take heart and obey. So leading the family is not what God has called the wife to do. When the wife tries to take over and control, big problems happen. Genesis 2.25, they were both, both naked and the man's wife were not ashamed. What happened here? A wall went up and they put up fig leaves. Nakedness means transparency. All of a sudden there was fig leaves. They were not only hiding from God, but hiding from each other. And, and fig leaves of, of fear and insecurity or who's going to be in control or I don't like what you did here. All these things start rising up and we get covered with leaves and we are not transparent even with our spouse and, and some marriages go through their they're together for years and they never communicate they never get to a place of transparency but see God saw that man had a problem and he sent a helper when you are in a marriage, you are placed there by God to help your spouse solve the problems in their life. To get rid of the leaves. To get rid of those things. And it, it could have been all kinds of things that caused leaves to come. Maybe there was never any transparency from the beginning. Or maybe something happened. Or I've heard people say, I can't tell him that he'll blow up then why do it if he'll blow up? It's because he's wrong. 
the way he reacts is wrong. Well, I have news for you. Somebody has to walk in faith and open up the doors of communication. Here's my advice to you. Go to war. What? Is this church of the harvest? Yes. You've got, somebody's got to talk. Don't do it during the Super Bowl or the big ball game. Sit down. I need to talk to you. I've got something to share with you. Transparency. You might be truthful, but you may not be transparent. God wants couples to bring, to take away the fig leaves. That there will be an openness and transparency in a safe place that once again, the leaves come off and you can be you. And you can share your heart and share anything that's going on. Because there's nothing but love there. That's what God wants. Openness. That way, that ring, that wedding ring doesn't become a suffering. See, if you're not willing to change and work on these things, your wedding day will be the happiest day that you have. The rest of your days will be a, a steady slope into misery. You've got to do it God's way. In marriage, you and your spouse are chosen by God to solve the problems for each other. And let me say this, when you stop looking out for ways to make your spouse's life better, you become a problem creator. When you look to your spouse for too much fulfillment in your life, you're becoming a problem creator because fulfillment comes only from a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's got to be your foundation. That's got to be the root. But you're to be a problem solver for your spouse. You know what? People are celebrated for solving problems. People are rejected for creating problems. So be celebrated in your own household. If you're married, I want you to stand up, join hands. I want you to stand up. They're not there, just put your hand like they are there. Thank you, Lord. Just bow your heads, we're going to pray. Father, I come against the enemy, against every marriage. I come against the words of of the enemy who would seek to devour and steal and destroy covenants a marriage. And Father, I pray for your grace and your strength to flow into these couples' lives, to flow into these marriages, that they will be everything that their spouse needs them to be, that there will be openness and transparency, uh, trans. They'll be transparent to each other in a safe place, in a safe way. And Father, I pray for husbands to listen to their wives, their helper. I pray for wives to listen to the husband. I pray for, for there to be a, a partnership, 
a strong team. They're on the same side, going down the same path. And Father, I thank you for that covenant. And I pray for your anointing on each of these marriages. Your anointing, Lord. Your supernatural grace flowing that they'll go from strength to strength, from glory to glory, walking down your path of righteousness. Not that we're perfect, Lord, but we know who to run to when we're not. And we're quick to forgive and to bring comfort and peace and to pray for each other and to love each other as you've called us to, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And be seated. I just want you to bow your uh, heads and shut your eyes for just a moment. just want to give you an opportunity if you never received Jesus Christ as your Lord. I want to ask you a question. If you were to die after church today, would you go to heaven? And I want to, what are you thinking now? The way that you answer that question will determine if you go to heaven or not. And I want to be honest with you and love you enough to tell you the truth. If you're thinking I'm a good person, I have news for you. There's no place in the Bible it says because you're a good person, you're going to heaven. So, well, I was thinking that, you know, my parents are Christians and they said I was a Christian. So, because my parents say I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven. There's no place in the Bible that says because you're Christians, your parents call you a Christian, that you're going to heaven. Well, I love God. The last thing those terrorists said when they flew into the World Trade Center was, I love God. Wrong God, wrong way to demonstrate love. Well, I believe in God. The devil believes in God. But he's not going to heaven. It says in John 3, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He said, you must be born again. What does born again mean? This is really what it means. You give all your heart and all your life to Jesus Christ. That's how you get to heaven. He made the way plain and simple and clear. Maybe you never surrendered and made Him the Lord. Gave Him your whole heart and your whole life. Maybe you had before, but you never walked it out. And you need to make that decision again today and walk it out. Maybe... You've been running from God. Maybe doubt hits you. The enemy just attacks you and you doubt if you're even saved. If that's you, for any of these, I'm going to ask you right now, just lift up your hand. Right now, just lift up your hand. If that's you and you follow any of these categories, say, that's me. And we're going to pray. And God will hear and answer that prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray this together. Say, dear God, I thank you.
for Jesus Christ. I give you, Lord, all of my heart and all of my life. I'm yours. I lay down my opinions, my way of thinking, my way of doing things, and I accept your Lordship. I accept your word. I believe that you died for me. You took my sin. You paid the price where I could be your child, where I could be a part of your family. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In just a few moments, we're going to have the prayer partners down here. And you prayed that prayer. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.